Good morning. My name is Bob Severy. I'm one of the elders here. Yeah, I am nervous. Last time I did this, I got to play the drums before. It was nice. It gave me something to think about rather than just sit and think about what I'm supposed to be doing here. Oh, let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, to give you praise and glory. Lord, without you, Lord, we are nothing. Thank you, Father, that you died on the cross. You rose again for us, for the sins of the world, Lord. And we stand before you white as snow, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I pray, Lord, that you would lead me and guide me. Just help me, Lord, to express those things that uh, I believe your spirit showed me to, to share this morning. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for everybody here. Thank you, Lord, for our church and many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a great little church here. We have a great bunch of volunteers, people on the worship team, the sound people. It's just a, it's just a great family. I'm just blessed beyond words. Um, one of the things I got to do, I raised my son pretty much by myself. Um, not, not entirely, but pretty much. Um, so he accepted the Lord fairly young, and we got to do a lot of things together uh, with the church, the youth groups, and stuff like that. One of the things that we got to do was we took um, our first mission trip, uh, he and I together, down to Mexico. When we went down there, uh, we were going down to um, a place, uh, a handicapped facility for uh, orphans that were handicapped. Basically, they were, uh, as soon as they were born, they were abandoned. They were left on the steps of this orphanage, and the orphanage took them in. So um, we went down there thinking. There was two bus loads, two van loads of, of us adults and kids that went down on this trip. We went down there thinking that we were going to totally just bless the socks off these, these young people. It didn't turn out that way. Um, they blessed us in ways you wouldn't imagine. Um, it was a great time for us, for the kids, um, for our youth and stuff. But um, one of the things that we did when we went down there was you leave all the comforts of home. Nice bed to sleep in, warm shower, food to snack on if you're hungry kind of a thing. So we went down there just thinking that, that we were going to just bless these people. And we got there and we slept on the ground on the, on the porch because um, it was nice out at night and stuff. And we had sleeping bags. Um, so that was, that was nice. But it was a different kind of a trip. Um, they totally relied on people to do everything for them. And so we got to, we were so blessed, and everybody came away from that trip, just different people, which I imagine, uh, if you've been on any kind of a, a mission trip like that to a, a, a country where they don't have the things we do, um, 
you know you know what I'm talking about. It um it just uh it blesses you. It lets you know that that uh, God loves everybody and it's um we're blessed. We are so blessed. The the I mean I think of the money that, that you've given uh for the kids, for the youth uh camps and stuff. Just uh it's just awesome. So um My son came back just totally blessed that uh, he just goes, Dad, we have so much here. And we do. We are given so much. We just, but we left, my, my, I guess my point is we left behind um, all the comforts and stuff that we had here and went to a place that wasn't as good. I mean, it was obviously livable. And then, and then you know, we did things for the, for the city. We, we cleaned up the garbage dump, of all things. Uh, we patched roads. We uh, fixed houses up. Um, and it was things that we take for granted, but we did them because we were serving God and serving these people. And um, it just was such a blessing. Anyway, um, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9 or your iPhones or whatever those things are. We're in chapter 9. We're in starting verse 46. Um, so I have a couple. Um, one of the things that when we get our assignments to do this, uh, like Aaron, Aaron gave me my assignments, pick the date and stuff, and I go, okay, I'll do this. So you read the scripture over and over and over to try and figure out what it is God's got for you, what he wants you to learn and to share from this thing. So you read that, and then you read different translations. You know, then you, then you, can, kind of, you can go into commentaries, things like that, to help you to learn, um, to find out what more of this stuff means, uh, what words mean, uh, what's going on in that, that time. Um, just uh, you read verses before, verses after, um, to to learn, to to grow, and find out exactly what it is that God wants you to end up sharing. So I I went through this and I read it and prayed about it a bunch, um, and I think I've got what God wants me to share with you. I'm I'm praying that um, it touches somebody's hearts, it speaks to people. Um, I'm just the messenger, bringing forth the message. So, verse 46 starts out, the disciples are arguing about who would be the greatest. So it says, an argument started out among them as to which of them would be the greatest. Not, not is the greatest, but would be the greatest. Now, we, we are human, they are human. So the arguing is something we do. You get a group of people together, sometimes pride gets in there. Um, the fact that you're human, you think, well, I'm better than so-and-so. They, um, I'm, I'm just better. I, I, I dress better. I, uh, I went to more college. Different things like that. So anyway, they were arguing um, about who would be the greatest in the, in the kingdom of God. And they obviously... 
uh, as it turns out, they didn't understand what Jesus was telling them about um, the words about his death. The fact that uh, they thought that their kingdom was going to be here on earth. They had no idea that Jesus was talking about his kingdom in heaven. Um, they thought he was going to be an earthly king, and so they thought he was going to be in, uh, concerned about their places in the kingdom um, that he would set up. So as I got into this, I decided I want to find out a little bit more about the disciples. So um, I have a kind of a, I'm sure we all have general ideas who they are kind of stuff, but I wanted to find out more. So um, one of the things I did when I looked at um, disciples and stuff is I found out that they were basically apprentices. Now, a lot of people, jobs have apprentice um, ships to them. Um, and basically, what an apprentice is, is a person who is leading or learning a job, a trade, an art, from a skilled employer and often at a low wage. So if you think about it, it kind of fits the disciples. <laughs> if you think about it, they were learning a job, an art, a trade, a skill from Jesus. And it was a low-paying job. They were told not to bring anything with them. One of the translations says you brought, they brought a toothbrush and a comb. So, just, it was interesting. Um, so, um, what did the disciples give up to follow Jesus? Obviously, we know that they gave up family, friends, they gave up jobs, their, um, their status in the town they were in, uh, lifestyles. Um, they gave up their lands, um, wealth, but ultimately they all gave up their lives. So and it also says in Mark, it says they gave up everything. So that was, made me even more curious um, to find out exactly how the disciples um, died. So um, the scripture only tells about two of the disciples. It actually records their deaths. So the rest of them, um, their deaths, their martyrdoms and stuff is recorded uh, in books, legends, um, stories, and stuff like this, but not recorded in the Bible. So Simon Peter, for instance, was a fisherman. I think we probably all knew that. He was crucified but because he did not want to be crucified as Jesus was, he was crucified upside down. And um, there's a lot more we can go into about the disciples and stuff, uh, some great stories. Mike shared one with me about that, but I'm not going to go that deep into that today anyway. Andrew was a fisherman, and he also was crucified. James was a fisherman and a business owner. He died by the sword. John was a fisherman, a business owner. He's the only one of the disciples who died of natural causes. There's nothing recorded about him being martyred at a, or anything. Um, Philip couldn't find a necessary a job for him, but he was arrested and cruelly put to death. And Bartholomew, again, I couldn't find a necessary a job, um, and it's the... What I read said that they weren't sure exactly what, but that he was martyred for Jesus. 
Matthew. How many of you have seen The Chosen? Yeah, I, it's, it's a great, I, I like it. It's a great show uh, on TV. Matthew plays such a unique character. So when I think of Matthew, I think of the character on, on The Chosen. Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew was stabbed to death. And these are all people, you have to remember, these are disciples that did not give up or did not turn their backs on Jesus. I mean, I, that'd be, I try, you try and think about that. If you, um, if you had somebody standing there with uh, a sword and he's going to whack you up, um, all you have to do is deny Jesus and he'll let you live. And these people did not deny Jesus. Thomas, again, couldn't find necessarily a job. He was speared to death. He was in a foreign country and he was speared to death. James, the son of uh, Alphaeus, was a tradesman. He was stoned and clubbed to death. Hope this isn't too gruesome. Got to think about that. Simon, the zealot, was a politician of sorts. Uh, he was killed after refusing to worship something other than Jesus. Judas, uh, son of James, was a tradesman, and I couldn't really find out how he, um, how he died. Judas Iscariot couldn't find a job for him, but we all know that he hung himself. Um, 47, 48 verses uh, says, But Jesus, knowing that they were thinking in their hearts, took a child and stood him by his side. And he said to them, Whatever, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you, this is the one who is great. Um, if you can imagine, here's Jesus. Um, tall, he grabs a little kid, brings him over. He's next to him. Obviously, your first thought is, well, Jesus is going to be the better person. He's going to be not necessarily the better person, but more prominent kind of a thing because he's bigger, he's wiser, he's older. And you got this little kid doesn't necessarily know much in the ways of the world yet. Um, Jesus is now one of the most famous men in Galilee. And this child is basically um, unknown outside the village. He's, a, he's kind of a nobody. Um, children uh, at this time um, were thought of uh, as lesser than adults. Smaller, weaker, not as helpful, less important. But God wants us to see that everybody is important. There's, there was, this is something I remember from my Navy days when I was reading this, and it seemed, it seemed appropriate at the time. Um, one of the things we said often, because we were the peons in the, in the Navy, was these people that had all the gold stuff on their uniforms and whatnot, is that they put on their pants the same way we did. So it was just, it was one of those things that just kind of helped us kind of go, yeah, they are. They're, they just have spent more time, a little more trained, but they are. They're people just like we are. Um, in Matthew, in chapter 18, verses 2 through 6, it says, And he called a child to himself and set him before them. And he said, Truly I say to you, Unless you are converted and become like children, 
you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little children who, believes, who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a heavy millstone hung around their neck and thrown into the depths of the sea. In uh, Matthew 19, in verse 13 and 14, it says, Then some children were brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the children alone. Do not hinder them from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Again, here's children. You've got to have the faith of children to come to God. And so he's, he's saying that these children are lesser, but at the same time, they're more important. Um, in Mark 10, verse 14, it says, But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant towards them. Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Again, he's just letting us know that these kids, um, that these children are important. Their faith, stuff. Um, in 1 John 3, it tells us that we are children of God. So that, that was, I, I, I like that. I thought that was a, a good thing that, that he's talking about all these children being important, and so he calls us children of God. Um, greatness is not found in gaining power, but in conforming one's life to that of Jesus. If that is achieved, one is great, no matter how one's life is otherwise. Read that again. Greatness is not found in gaining power, but in conforming one's life to that of Jesus. If that is achieved, one is great, or one, one is great no matter how one's life is otherwise. In the kingdom of God, everyone is equal. No position or power, hierarchy. All are fully and equally loved by God. God has no favorites. In the world, what makes a great person? I'm sure we could all come up with different things that would make, according to the world, to make a great person. One of those, power. If you have power. Um, wealth. Wealth makes people great people in the world. Um, skills, beauty, or giftedness of some kind. In the kingdom of God, greatness is judged by one's capacity to serve. So it is with the little people on the earth, those who serve the rest of us, who turn out to be the greatest. So one of the things that I've, I've been hearing a lot in, in the last few years, I retired, gosh, almost seven years ago now. And a lot of people, when they retire, think, all right, I'm done with all this, all this work stuff. I'm, I'm, I don't need to do this. I spent my time, let somebody else do it. And I know that that's also the attitude of a lot of our people in church. They're retired. They spent 
20 years working with kids. And I can definitely understand that they need a rest, a break. But that makes you that much more learned to be and to serve God. So it's um, something to think about when you, when you think you're all ready to retire. I don't think we ever really retire, do we, Kevin? <laughs> anyway, um, in verse 49, it says, John answered them and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he did not follow along with us. Kind of a different change of um, scenery things here. The, um, I found that the spot right here, why would they complain about this guy casting out demons um, in the name of Jesus, if they were serving Jesus? Part of it has to do with the fact that they were... Uh, this guy was not part of their group. Maybe they were a little bit jealous of this guy because back in verse 40, it talks about, I begged your disciples to cast it out, and they could not. So the, the disciples, nine of them, could not pass out this demon. But this one guy came and did it. So obviously you're a little bit jealous or miffed if somebody does something that you failed at. So they could be jealous, they could be a little bit upset about it. Um, our pride gets in the way sometimes. It hurts when someone else succeeds when we fail. There's no room for jealousy in the spiritual warfare of the kingdom. We are to welcome with open arms Christian workers outside our group or church, um, even if they're not part of our group or clique or tribe. One of the things that um, I've gotten blessed to be able to do is to play music with members of other churches. And it blesses you. It lets you know that there are brothers and sisters. Kevin, I'm sure, understands. Several times we were going to different churches. Um, it's a blessing because you get to find out that there are other people out there besides our little group who love Jesus just as much and they serve Jesus in their church. So to be able to do that um, to be part of it, the whole family of God is, is just a neat thing. We, we tend often to see ourselves as better, a little arrogant, pride maybe. Um, do we see ourselves as more special, more spiritual, because we are, we are offerings more than somebody else? Maybe we get to church earlier than somebody else. Um, or maybe we volunteer more, but not. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that uh, we are all parts of the body and no part is greater. We are all parts. In verse 57, it says, uh, and they were going along the road. Someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. And he said to him, Allow the dead to bury the dead, to bury their own. 
But as for you, go and proclaim elsewhere the kingdom of God. Another said also, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. And Jesus said to them, Not one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Men, um, there are three men here who all wanted to follow Jesus. And yet all of them had an excuse why they didn't or why they couldn't follow him right now. Now, the first man um, couldn't because of material um, comforts. He was the one that, uh, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus, uh, so he just didn't, couldn't do it because he thought he was going to go out and be able to have um, a nice place to stay, food, clothes, all this stuff here. And he found out that it wasn't what he thought it was. The second man uh, that had to do with the, the after he said, allow me to, to uh, first to go and bury my father. Well, further in, in, uh, looking into this, found out that his father wasn't quite dead yet. He was definitely on the deathbed, but he wasn't quite dead yet. So he wanted to go back and spend time with him um, and maybe take care of his inheritance um, and be there for the funeral and stuff, which is not bad thoughts, if you think about it. Um, so allow the dead to bury the dead, for you go proclaim elsewhere the kingdom of God. Another one said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. This is the third man. Family and friends kept him from making a commitment. Now, all these people uh, are, had legitimate reasons, but God's plans are more important in case of conflicts. God should always be first. In, in verse 58, it talks about uh, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I often wondered about that. To be a follower, we have to be willing to give up comforts and conveniences of, our, of this life. And all the disciples did this. Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth. He gave up everything. He lowered himself to be a man with no comforts. He was humble, and he made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Jesus wants total dedication. He, not half-hearted. We can't pick and choose among Jesus' ideas. We have to accept the cross alone. And it comes along with the crown, judgment as well as mercy. And our five-year plan, for those of you who were here, we had a bunch of posters up here and we took some notes and stuff on what the church's five-year plan was. One of those um, had an area that said specific people, and it read family members are equipped to lead and apprentice others. Family members are equipped to lead and apprentice others. Now, we've already looked and seen what apprentice means, and we all know what it means to lead somebody. Romans 5.5, 5, or see, no, 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, You younger men, likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. 
For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In Romans 12, 4 and 5, it says, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. This little thing I've read at the bottom of the page here, it says, Paul used the concept of the human body to teach how Christians should live and work together, just as the parts of the body function under the direction of the brain, so Christians are to work together under the command and authority of Jesus Christ. God gives us gifts so we can build up his church. To use them effectively, we must first realize that all gifts and abilities come from God. Understand that, we, that not everyone has the same gifts. To God's service, uh, not everyone has the same gifts. Know that we are and what we do best. Dedicate our gifts to God's service and not our personal success. Be willing to utilize gifts wholeheartedly, not holding back anything from God's service. So each one of us has a gift that he's given us to be part of the whole. And we read from... Okay, in a... The part... Um, I just gotta remember... Find out where... Uh-oh. Lost my page. There it is. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is verse 62. Um, when he wants us, when we get to work for him, to stay focused and look at what God's got for us, how he's using us. doesn't want us to stop, turn around, go back and do something else. Um, stay in line with what God's got for you. Um, doesn't want us to be going along, working with God, and then all of a sudden stop, and turn around, look back, and go, well, I remember things were better. If we remember what happened to Lot's wife when she looked back, I think probably remember that. Um, worship team can go ahead and come up. Um, I'd like to leave you with this, these points. Um, there was an acronym that said JOY, J-O-Y. It means Jesus, others, and yourself. It's something I heard a long time ago. The J for Jesus, keep our, so I'll leave this, leave this, I'll leave this with you. Keep your eyes on Jesus, no matter what the world says or looks like. Jesus. Others, the O, is to think of others as better than yourself. The Y stands for yourself. Stay in the Word. Spend lots of time praying. Be focused. Be loving people. And just remember that we are all part of the family.